chapter two, page 17, there is a solution, which is a damn good job for me, really is. So um, we of Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who were once just as hopeless as Bill. Nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. We are average Americans, or Britons in some cases. Uh, all sections of this country and many of its occupations are represented, as well as political, economic, social, and religious backgrounds. We are people who normally would not mix, but there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. We are like the passengers of a great liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck, when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table. Unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, our joy in escape from disaster does not subside as we go our individual ways. The feelings of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us but that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we've discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is great news. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. So that made a nice change anyway, usually I pick some are very bitter and pessimistic so it was nice to have some that's so nice and optimistic like that um so yeah um so that's the reading and uh over to you paul thank you All right, here, can you hear me now? Yeah. Um, see, the tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. Uh, because the problem is common. We share the problem and we share the solution. We don't have and we're not looking for an individual uh, solution because it's not an individual problem, though it expresses, but it's uh, many of us have the same tyranny. <laughs> so, and remember on page 64, the singularity of the problem and the plurality of us. Yeah. So, we have a common problem and there's a common solution to it, but there's many different humans, different people. So it says being convinced self, which is singular, has defeated us, which is plural. Yeah. So you would think if the problem was of our own making, there would be a need for an individual solution. But in fact, the problem isn't of our own making. The problem is shared. And so is the solution. Yeah, this is what happens with a lot of people, I feel, that come into AA. They're looking for a tailored solution to a unique problem, which is a misunderstanding. It's not unique. You're an alcoholic. Yeah, there's thousands of us. Or you're an addict. There's thousands of us. And this sense of uniqueness is an attribute of the disease. Yeah, we think we're terminally unique. And the uniqueness isn't separate from that sense of, of, termin, of terminal, yeah? The uniqueness is uh, an aspect of the disease where that's why it's a we program because the disease is an I activity, yeah? It seems to be all about me instead of all about us, yeah? So this the singularity is self. It doesn't say selves is what has defeated us, like a legion of selves running around. It's self, this idea of self that some people would say we're entertaining, but I don't really believe that either. I really believe we're, uh, 
<laughs> I don't know. So, I don't like to use the word witness or observer because it feels like there's a one that's a witness. But I would say awareness is a witnessing without a witnesser, yeah. So I believe a spiritual condition is, uh, the nature of it is awareness, yes. And so in that awareness, we become aware of something that's foreign to us. Yeah, at first we keep calling it us, but hopefully an understanding will gain traction that it's not of us. Yeah, it's of self. Yeah, and to have a clear distinction between the origin of the problem isn't of our own making. I don't believe that. I believe something has been introduced to us that took us over and continues to stay taken over by the act of being identified as it. So we're listening to the system that spawned alcoholism about alcoholism. Yeah, so the system keeps telling us that we're a self. (laughs) Yeah, so it says millions of us listening to the same siren song. Yeah, so the, the us is really lost and a sense of self dominates, yeah, which has a unique feeling of no one has my thoughts, my feelings, and my reactions to life. And I'm so special, though, so I'm a special case and I need a special formula. No, it's just like when I talk to these people who are setting up a new, like, high end rehab in, in uh, Thailand, in Chiang Mai. So, uh, they were telling me, I, I was, you know, they were asking my opinion. I say, well, you got to emphasize service. So naturally, because it was a paying situation, they said, well, so we tailor service specifically to the people for the clients. I said, no, throw the clients into service. Yeah. <laughs> this To tailor service, especially to fit the client is an aspect of the disease. Yeah, get the fucking client in the line in the soup line. (laughs) Yeah, I don't belong here. Yes, you do. You do belong there. (laughs) Yeah. So this uniqueness is an is an attribute of the disease, isn't it? Yeah. So we forget the us. We forget the we, because we're occupied as a me. Yeah, and the whole way of life is to sort of get us out of that. It's like when it says, you know, uh, please uh, give us, relieve me of the bondage of self so that what? So I can live nicer in the Malibu house. That may happen, but the point is to become of maximum use to others. (laughs) What? What? That doesn't seem to be the trajectory of my life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maximum use of others, what am I going to get out of it, <laughs> basically? <laughs> so the self-centeredness is... Uh... Hmm. You know, it's like a vine, but this vine chokes us, really, yeah? When it grows, it circles, it loops, and we get suffocated. Yeah, it's like a marathon runner in a closet. It's just, uh, it's just, just doesn't work. They, we need to run around and sort of have a sense of freedom, not a fucking idea that freedom means doing everything that I want to do. That's not freedom. Freedom is the ability to do what you don't want to do. Yeah, yeah, that's freedom. Yes. So, yeah, this is a beautiful, there is a solution, which is just awesome enough. Yeah. And the idea of what we share in common at first is the problem. And then we share the solution in common. Yes. Which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing. That's why the best way to get a message to an alcoholic is through another one, yeah, because we have that connection. We know what it's like to live under that tyranny because we have, yes? So when we describe it, someone who's living in the tyranny right now identifies, 
And then when they start, you know, putting out their plan, I got to get a job. I got to get this. I got to do that. You, we say from our plan, go to a meeting. Yeah. Now the person thinking they're unique doesn't seem that has nothing to do with my problem. No, it does completely. It bypassed the idea of it's yours and it went right to the problem, which is go to the meaning. <laughs> Isn't it really? Haven't you had that? When someone talks for 20 minutes to you and you just say, basically, yeah, you're fucked, bro. Yeah, I mean, you're just completely caught. And then they're waiting. Well, are you going to give me some money or are you going to give me a room? And you go, go to a meeting. <laughs> And the head that got them in the situation they're in, it doesn't get it. It's like the dog with the, it just doesn't get it. It doesn't fit its logic, thank God. Yeah, because that logic is of the problem. And we're speaking from the solution. So we say, go to a meeting, get a sponsor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You remember that really? It was like, wait a minute. I thought I just clearly told you what my situation was. Yeah, I heard it. (laughs) I heard your situation. I heard what's actually talking about the situation I have. Yeah. And you know what? (laughs) We, We have a common solution and a common problem. The way you're presenting it, it seems incredibly unique, but it isn't. Yeah. You're a run of a mill, washed up addict. There you go. And I bet you I could forecast the rest of your life if you don't go to that meeting. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be pretty close to it. Yeah. Yeah. Without knowing anything about him personally. Really? Yes. I don't need any of his information of his like, you know, Facebook biography. I don't. I've recognized the disease and that's the problem. Yeah. He's looking for a a tailored, suited solution, which is just going to reinforce the problem. Yes? So, yeah, it's a common problem and a common solution. Yeah. When we, as the problem, describe the problem, it's presented as incredibly unique and different and special. Yet, yet, no matter how unique and different and special it is, the, the suggestion coming from the solution is the same. Go to a meeting. <laughs> don't you understand? I fell off on my yacht. I don't, it doesn't matter. Go to a meeting. <laughs> yes. And so it confronts the disease and the disease doesn't, it doesn't fit into the system that has failed us. Hallelujah. Yes. Just like the inventory process, you do an inventory and one of the great qualities is it produces an answer that's not yours. Yeah, you look at your role in things, you know what I mean? You have your answer, the first column and the second column. I know, you know, I'm fucking pissed off at this person. And then there's a switcheroo through the third and fourth column and you end up looking at your role in things. Wait a minute. I didn't sign up for this. I just wanted you to agree that this person really fucked me over. No, no. What What was your role in it? What? No, no, I don't want to go there. <laughs> I'm an uncommon problem looking for a special solution. <laughs> You don't understand. I say, no, I understand completely. <laughs> I do. I've under, I understood everything you said. <laughs> and my, my suggestion is go to a meeting. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. I'm happy to be here in the in the in the us or having relief from a common problem because we've we've been uh presented and brought to a common solution the reliance on a higher power yes isn't that the case 
everything gets down to the underlying co condition, which is obsession with self, which has a large, large drive to manage to the point where it says one of the biggest delusions in us is even presented with tons of evidence we're not managerial quality, we respond with, we don't, the head does as well. If I only manage better, it will work out. <laughs> well, you haven't managed better for five years. Why do you think it's going to start now? I think you're on a downward spiral with the managing. <laughs> it's time to jump ship, you know, parachute out. Get, you know, realize the horse is dead and get on a new one. <laughs> I think I can pull this out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can pretty much assure you if you're a real addict and an alcoholic, you're not. You're not going to pull it out <laughs> from the death spin. <laughs> it seems cruel to the person, but it isn't, is it? It's really true compassion. You don't immediately try to help them. You give them a solution, which is going to start by, an, by becoming identified with the problem. You're recognizing I'm an alcoholic. Yes. And then, all right. And then that pivots into maybe I should listen to some of these people's suggestions because it looks like it's working for them. And what I'm doing is not working for me. You know what I mean? Then the Titanic slowly gets turned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. All right. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Thanks, Rich, for the reading. Thanks, Paul. Okay. If anyone's got any questions, uh, yeah, please raise your hands. So or if you don't want to speak, put a message in the chat box and I'll read it out for you. Thank you. If there's no question, I just want to share something. My nephew, my oldest sister's oldest son, has been going in and out for many years. Yes. So I hadn't heard from him for years. And then about two years ago, he got in touch with me, of course, wanting he needed some money and stuff. And he got so he got into a program and he did this stuff and he and he got things started to happen in his life. Somehow the system gave him an apartment and everything. Yeah. And we would talk quite a lot and he would keep going, but he, his head was prone towards resentment. Yeah. So of course my little idea of what's an alcoholic and a recovered alcoholic is the recovered alcoholic calls you before they drink. The alcoholic calls you after they drink. So, I didn't hear from them and he went out again. Yes. And then of course he ended up, you know, where we end up having to be managed by other people. And so he was in another program in the Queens. And I, so I started talking with him and, uh, and then after a week or two, we started getting very resentful of the program. Yes. And the people in it. And I could see, you know, the, he was he was building the you know the exit door yeah and i said listen bro you've got to look at your role in things this place didn't send you an invitation yeah <laughs> you you had nowhere to go and so on and so forth and now i haven't heard from him in about a week or two yes and uh you know my suspicion is that resentment got him to leave Yes. And now what? What where does what happens when the resentment gets you to leave? Does it have anything prepared for you when you leave? Yeah, it does. A fucking downward slope. Yeah. And then you're just left holding the bag again. And what's what are you going to do? You'll want to have a drink to distract yourself. Yeah. You'll want to get high with the whatever 30 bucks you can get. Yeah, because it's unbearable. The weight of it. And then once you get loaded again, the whole fucking, you know, archaic 
lumbering fucking thing starts and there you go and hopefully i'll hear from them again in six months or five months or maybe a, a three weeks hopefully he'll surprise me and he'll be sober and he hasn't left but yeah this is this isn't unique is it now i have feelings about him because he's my brother my sister's brother son and shit and i have feelings about him because he's an alcoholic yeah and he's his real trigger point is resentments as it says it's the number one offender yeah and it's difficult to hold on to a resentment if you see your role in things it is so the the life of the resentment for it to continue there's no you're going to avoid doing an inventory yeah because not doing the inventory gives a, a space for a resentment to continue. If you'd start doing an inventory and see your role in things, what does it do? It takes a lot of air out of that tire, yeah? But maybe people will begrudgingly say, oh yeah, I had a role in it, but the emphasis is on what's happening, you know, to me now. And not seeing that there was a role. Yeah. First, maybe you have to see it as yours, but you'll see it. There was a decision based on self that later put you in this position. Self. It wasn't decision, your decision. It was a decision based on self. Yeah. That put you in this position that you're in. That was fucking incredible when that started to happen to me. Yeah. It took the spring out of that diving board. Yeah, it did. It, I couldn't bounce off of that back into shit when I saw my role in things and I started to see, yeah, let's take the spotlight off of everyone else or the spotlight was just moved from everywhere one else and then was put to me with the understanding I was gathering through recovery. Yeah. And I know how a resentment can defeat you is when it's called yours. It gives it claws and teeth when it's yours, man. Jesus Christ. It, you can breathe 60 years of life into it. Yeah. So, yeah. There is a solution. That should be like the subtitle of every chapter I feel in the book. There is a solution. There is how it works. There is a solution. Working with others, there is a solution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So thanks. If anyone wants to share or whatever. I've got, uh, Kurt's got a question for you. Kurt, if you'd like to unmute yourself. Hey, everybody. Hey, Paul. Hey, uh, I'd like to hear you kind of riff on the, you know, there's a statement in the book that says hoping against hope, you know. It's like, I think that kind of corresponds to a lot of the, you know, like, I need a solution to, you didn't hear my problem. I need a solution to my problem, you know. And like you said, it's like, yeah, I heard exactly what you said. Problem, yeah. Problem is you don't see the problem. And it's that it's kind of corresponds to that hoping against hope, don't you think? Yes, yes. I look the more I just today, it's more the sense of uh that terminal uniqueness, yes. I had a guy I worked with that he had a, his head had a routine that every few months he would arrive at the problem. So he'd have like a unique injury 
And he said, no one has this. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and I was with him for years, you know, so I had been, I had witnessed a lot of the problems over the years. And so I'd say, which is, which the problem is this one? It's the problem. It's, it's different than any other problem, you know, and yet you'd give him the same suggestion, but he was adamant of having a unique solution. Yeah. Don't you see, this is so different. It needs a different solution. I said, no, it's the same solution. Yeah. Because it's a common problem, but this I know, but I've witnessed eight of the problems after over the last three years with you. <laughs> you get over one, the problem, and then there's another one that's crowned the problem. Yeah, you don't see that as a problem. It's a that was the problem of it of terminal uniqueness. Yeah. So yeah, maybe those problems are going to have to be addressed, but the underlying one needs to be addressed. Let's say first, yes, because if you're a real addict. No matter what room you're trying to renovate, there's going to be a big elephant in it, <laughs> which is you're an addict. <laughs> you need <laughs> you need this solution. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't say there is a unique solution. <laughs> We're a hundred men and women with incredibly unique situations and 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 problems that we all, you know, no. There's a commonality in what we suffer, and there's a universal relief from it. Yeah. Now it may be expressed personally, but it's the personalness isn't the cause of it. Yeah, the feeling of uniqueness is a main attribute of it yeah yeah so yeah hope against hope uh of course this is why i don't believe self can get out of self isn't that hope against hope yeah so self just you know i'm hearing what you say bro but i've got my own agenda okay what better than to let that person have their bottom yeah, that's it. We need to be convinced, don't we? It says it. How are you going to, some people are convinced with a bottom. I mean, we would like it to be better. It would be nice if you could get just a note sent or, or a text, but a lot of us got to get our asses kicked to become uh, malleable to this in, invitation. Yeah. Now, I have no regret about the past. I don't. I thought it was a little abusive to be run over twice in one night, but it was probably what was needed to bring me to a certain situation. So hallelujah, I'll accept it. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it takes. But doesn't it have to, why do we have that statement being convinced so much in the beginning of the book? Being convinced. Yeah. Of what? Of what has failed us really? And then if you are convinced of what has failed us, you will, right? You will come to believe that something else can do for you what you can't do for yourself. But first we have to be convinced that something has failed us, yeah? And then we'll have the eyes to see something not failing us, yeah? And then the reliance will shift from finite self to the infinite. But I believe it's be, we have, like they say, the first step is, is the, the only step you have to do perfectly. And that's the recognition of the problem. Yeah. It's not the recognition of the solution yet. First things first is the recognition of the problem. Yeah. And then the solution. Yeah. That's why they say quit playing God. They don't say first, let God enter in your life. It says first, quit playing God. (laughs) 
don't you see there's a linear uh, supremacy there? It's not saying, okay, let's all get together and let God come into our lives. No, it, AA doesn't go there. AA says first, yes, first, you got to quit playing God. It doesn't work. And then next in this life, in this drama, God is going to be the director. We're going to be its whatever. Yes? Don't. So which comes first? Okay. First, the, an admittance of the absolute failure of something, and then you become open to what works. Yeah. And this sense of failure is drenched in uniqueness completely. I remember when I came in, I swear to God, because the space allowed things to have a very sharp contrast. When I was out there, it was just the basic atmosphere I lived in. No one thinks like I do. No one feels like I do. I was completely removed from any us, yes? The only eye contact I had with people was basically if they did the same drug I did, really. And hopefully they were beautiful. Yes, that was basically physically. That was it, really. Oh, you're my best friend. If he started not doing coke, I never saw him again. <laughs> basically, it fucking, it was pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> So I sat in AA meetings and that which was the norm became sort of, it like stood out like a sore thumb, this feeling of terminal uniqueness. Because I I listen to people share. And after a few months, I came to a conclusion, you know, how did they get my thoughts or they're not my thoughts? I mean, people sounded like they had the exact same thoughts I had. They had the same feelings I was having, and they did incredibly crazy things like I did. Yeah. And after hearing so much of the commonality of the problem, it it brought into stark contrast the uniqueness, the seeming uniqueness of living the problem. Yes. And suddenly I said, wait a minute, these aren't my thoughts. And at first... Just a few of those thoughts fell into the category of alcoholic thoughts, and I started to feel a little relief. I swear, the same thoughts, but now not heard as mine or held as mine, but as alcoholic, brought relief. And so, of course, it expanded. I saw more thoughts as alcoholic, and then I saw all thoughts as not mine. Yeah. And all of that opening or awakening was was surrounded with relief. So I knew that it's like reverse engineering. I knew the problem from the solution. Yeah. When I got relieved of the problem, I could really see it, what it was about. When I was inundated in it, trying to get relief as the problem, I didn't see shit. That was the turnaround completely. And I don't believe that turnaround will completely turn around unless you have a way of life, unless there's God rails, G-O-D rails, if you want to call them, that keep you on a certain direction, yeah? And not veering off the exits all day. I really do believe if you're a real addict and alcoholic, that needs to be addressed, yeah? Or it's going to be like, it's going to be like sucking all the oxygen of your life. Yeah, I feel it. And I know I meet a lot of people and they want to address anything but that. Yeah. And you just got to keep, hey, see that big trunk? And I don't mean the trunk of that, uh, you know, your baggage, but the elephant. (laughs) Yeah, point it out. You've got your master plan to conquer the world. What? What? You got this fucking very heavy thing here. <laughs> so, yeah. Hmm. A couple of questions for you now, Paul. If you're ready yeah, for some. Great. Yes. Great. Yeah. 
Okay, so there's one in the chat box, but first I'll, um, Debbie, if you'd like to unmute yourself. Deborah, sorry. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Paul. Oh, this is wonderful. Um, I think uh, as I start uh, going to the meetings, I didn't quite get it, of course, and, and the, the light came on when someone said it was a WE program. So um, uh, would that be considered the same thing as um, us? So yes, but I don't know, my vision just expanded out and real I realized almost suddenly like, oh yeah, I'm like, and then my idea of self-reliance started getting more like, oh yeah, what, you know, what it is self-reliance. It's basically self-centeredness too, in a sense. Um, not that, I guess not that doing things that are right in front of me is basically my parameter, I think. All I need to do, you know. Um, but that really, that really uh, turned the light on for me was this is a WE program. Then I realized we're all in the same boat and that my uniqueness kind of flew out the window after that sort of, so anyway, thank you, Paul. Yes, thank you, yeah. Any, yes, Rich, anyone else? Yeah, um, Rachel's put a question in the chat box, which I'll, I'll read out. Um, it says, hello, everyone. I've been studying social work and there is a lot of research and talk about using psychedelic assisted therapy for addiction. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, so, yeah, I'll hand it over to you. Um, I don't have much thought about it. Uh... We're always looking for a better way, let's say. Uh, but I can't say what works or doesn't work. So if it, yeah, I really would rather see the relief. It's sort of like if you were dying of thirst, you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't not take that glass because the guy had a green jacket on. Yes, you would basically put us data all aside and get the water you need. So however that works. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the beginning, someone at another platform talk brought up the, you know, in the, in the history of AA, Bill W took LSD and stuff. And uh, I think it must have been in the sixties. And I remember one, my sponsor in San Francisco had done experiments at Stanford University on LSD, and he was sober. So they were hoping for uh, some of the hopes was you would almost do like a living fourth and fifth step through the trip. Yeah, you could. Yeah. And so, you know, Bill W, I feel based on his seat assignment was like an explorer, he was hoping to find anything he could that would help alleviate the terrible conditions brought about by addiction. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I haven't, uh, yeah, I'm not studied in it and I haven't done it that way. So there's always, uh, <laughs> You know, the, the head will go to every solution with you. Yeah, so that's the thing. Yes, the head is, uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion about it. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Paul. Um, it's no more questions just at the minute, I don't think. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something I did try when I was younger. Um, terrifying. 
I wouldn't recommend it to anyone, but at the same time, very valuable for me. Well, yeah, hopefully. Again, uh, I think surrender goes a long way. Yeah, when you admit uh, that all of your great ideas, yeah, maybe aren't that great, so a surrender of, uh, yeah, I feel like surrender leads to surrendered, which is a almost like a state of abstinence, uh, where a lot of the uh, escape routes, my head constantly repaved every year, have are gone now they're just a gardens planted there yes that attracts things like birds and shit <laughs> you know what i mean a lot of the tributaries of of the disease dried up over the years yeah where i i'm sure my head it's almost as if when it was playing russian russian roulette and it had like a 40 uh you, you know 40 bullet gun yeah now it has maybe a one bullet gun <laughs> you know what i mean and i don't pick up the gun so it's just uh i feel that's the progress of recovery and when one of those mental tributaries of some form of wanting to escape or whatever dries up you don't remember it it's even when you look at the map it was never there to begin with in a sense yeah that's part of the real relief is as if it never happened. So like, I didn't even know there was a wall between drinking and not drinking. Abstinence looks like a giant open field. Very, very, yeah, very expansive with lots of possibilities in it. I swear. Yeah. Before I thought abstinence was I can't drink or whatever. But abstinence really is, uh, there's free cos commerce over the border, but nothing gets exchanged, so to speak. Yeah, you're just uh, like a free out, you know, like a free ranging alcoholic. So uh, trust this process and the process that you've been put under through this process. Your being affected isn't only going to be through this process you're now open to be affected by that power that can use whatever it wants to affect you. Yes. And it progresses. And a lot of the stuff that falls away isn't even remembered. Yeah. You don't have, you don't, the new skin doesn't immediately have you, you know, going back and thinking about the old skin. It's just working better. Yeah sit just drops off it's like very economical so when when a when a deep mental groove gets filled it's sort of like just another part of the highway of life now instead of a giant rut that you get caught in all the time yeah and you don't even remember it after who remembers where the potholes were when they're filled after a while yeah do you no you only remember it when you fall in it, when you hit the pothole. What happens when there's no hitting of the pothole? It's as if it was never there. The highway has been repaved. Yeah. Yeah, you're traveling lighter. So there's a, there's a quality to it. You can't really categorize or print out yeah, or do a mathematical equation of it's the it's the art of living in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel uh, so so many possibilities, and then a need of no possibilities would never have been able to land with active addiction in place. It just wasn't going to happen. Yes. Because the act of addiction is a jealous situation. 
it doesn't open you up to anything else. It's it sucks you into a hole, so to speak, yeah, where you feel terminally unique. And uh, no one can meet you, no one can get through to you. And yet there's a huge sense of rightness about it. And you're so fucking wrong. <laughs> it's amazing. But you're ready to die to, you know, thinking you're right. It's insane. Yeah. This is a whole different feeling of a day. Instead of concaving in, you're opening up. Yeah. 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 Quite different. So. See, we could do a lot of shit that can produce an immediate result, but will that result gain traction? I feel a lot of us need a a way of life. We need a set of principles to guide us through what all the years we have left. It's not going to be a big bang and then a whole new universe is going to occur. If there's a big bang, it may get absorbed by the same old universe. Yes, we have a living a living way of life of of recovery yeah yeah so i remember i i was doing a sale at the house not here where i used to live and i met a very interesting character and he ran uh, a a place where they use medicine uh, I think what's the one? Uh, there's a a route from Africa that helps with heroin and shit and ayahuasca and all this. And he had been running it for 11 years. So he was pretty, you know, I said, well, what's the problem? Do you have recidivism? Yes. And he said, yeah, yeah. And I said, you know why? Because probably they need a way of life. Yeah. The Big Bang, see, I got struck sober, but it would have died on the vine if I wasn't introduced to a way of life. I think some of us need a way of life or whatever does present itself will get choked out. Yeah. Really, I do. And so we need a way of life that subdues that and then other things can land and actually have a chance to to take hold. Yeah. Yeah, that's my feeling about it. So, and he, I was saying, yeah, you've been witnessing for 11 years is there's a lot of recidivism. I said, yes, and I figured, yeah, because it's not a community. Yeah, yeah, you need, with this, with this obsession with self, you need to have uh, in its, in its theater, which is this time and space, you need to have things there, like uh, almost like gas stations and shit. Yes, you got to keep refueling. <laughs> yeah, so. You know, how many times how many times have you really been shook up and then after a few days or weeks, the same old, same old mold comes and you're feeling like the same old statue again. Yeah. I think that whack needs to be accompanied by a way of life. So that whack can get extended, yes. Because if not, it's gonna be shaped to fit the system, I feel. Yeah, and then it's like spiritual big game hunting. Now you're having all these peak experiences, but nothing's really changing. Yes, I think it's needed. Something is needed to accompany the Big Bang. Yeah. I think surrender, really. Yes. Yeah. So... I hope things work, you know, look at what they've tried to do with 28 days. Does it work mostly? Maybe mostly not, you know. Uh, You know, and what was the most important day of a 28 day program, the 29th day, because if you didn't 
go to a meeting on the 29th day, you were probably screwed on the 20th, on the 32nd day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's sort of a stubborn, like, undertow that pulls. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that agenda of being available to others really keeps you afloat a lot. Yeah. Instead of being on this solitary road of transcendence. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, these are just opinions. I hope it all works. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Seriously. I'd like us to become, you know, bring a little lightness to these, this situation. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Well, there's no more questions, just of a minute. Just a minute? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, so I don't know whether you want to continue a bit more or wrap it up there. I'll, I'll leave that. No, we can wrap. I'm just, uh, yeah. We can take seven minutes of gazing, just sort of, just go off into the great known <laughs> for a minute or two. <laughs> oh, Nina's got a question for you. Who? Nina. Oh, Nina, yes. Hi, Paul. Thanks, hey. everyone. Thanks so much. Yeah. Um, well, one, I, I, well, one thing I know you know this, but it's so much harder when there's a family member involved. And it reminds me that I, I have an older brother who's extremely smart. And whenever I had a problem and I got really frustrated, I would finally call him up because I knew he would know the solution. And as soon as he told it to me, I would hang up on him because it would make me so mad <laughs> that he knew the solution. So anyway, I know you know all that stuff. But um, the other thing though, I, I feel like it seems so obvious when you hear it from you, but yet I never really hear it anywhere else, which is that the mental activity and believing that it's us being the problem versus the content of the mental activity. Like people are always pointing to what you're thinking. My thoughts aren't me and things like that or cognitive behavioral therapy and all, tons of time is spent on that. And that's where all the terminal uniqueness lives, right? Is in the content. And it's like that backing up from the whole thing and seeing the mental activity itself, that whole process um, helped me. So it helps me all the time, constantly. So um, yeah, I just wanted to, to mention that. Great, yes, because again, it's not unique. Yeah, quite common. The mental condition commonly uh, extends to addictive uh, oomph, yeah? It doesn't matter what food, thinking, it tends to go to an extreme excessiveness sooner or later from a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And, and of course, everyone wants to single out the branch they think they're on, narcotics, food, alcohol. Yes, but it's all of the same tree, which is the underlying identification as self. Yes. To me, that's the original addiction. The mental state is addicted to this idea of being the doer, the past doer, the future doer. Yeah. Being the hero, the past hero, the future hero. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's gone to such a length that we start as being the drug. <laughs> which is 
comparing it to my cocaine addiction, which I felt was an extreme, extreme event, I never thought I was cocaine. But this addiction, I think I'm self. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that just blows my mind. So, yeah. AA recovery gives us a great shelter. I would seek it. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe if it's, I don't know how it can pan out, but if there's, it, you, you know, it seems to be the easiest way in AA is surrender. Yeah. Because we have all the evidence that we've been defeated. <laughs> I mean, it's not like we're riding a high wave at the moment. Yes. So it's a perfect, it's like a perfect uh, next step. Once you see you're defeated to surrender finally. (laughs) And I don't know, you can't. uh, I didn't know what surrender was until it happened. So. But now I do. And so I can entertain surrender because I've been, I was given a free sample of it. Yeah. And I hope all of us on one level or another get that sample. So, yeah. So we can all in a certain way stay surrendered. Yes. And then just life moves on graciously from there. Yeah. Yeah. So. There you go. So let's say goodbye, eh? Have you got time for one last quick question? Yeah, sure. Okay, Bruce, if you'd like to to unmute yourself. Okay, how's that? Yes, Bruce, yeah. All right, hi, everyone. Well, what's uh, just coming to mind now, I uh, attended almost as many Al-Anon meetings as I did AA uh, because, you know, living alone, it was like, I, I'm living with an alcoholic. <laughs> and it had, it had opened up my eyes so much, you know, like being a spe- uh, another person living with an alcoholic um, is, is it's, it's crazy. Um, and me living with that part of myself, that helped me through the program so much. Of course, um, very few people were doing that. So, you know, um, not feeling able to share that point of view with others in AA. And I had attended, you know, many, many other forms of 12-step programming gave me different points of view on it. But anyway, the Al-Anon, yeah, it, it, it gave me that feeling of being apart from that, that sense of that foreign feeling yeah. you were, you were saying like, that's not, it's not me. And as a grandfather that doesn't, as a person, um, attend the thoughts that accompany that on the, you know, conditions level, you know, those types of, what one might call a problem, but knowing that those thoughts are not of me, it has been the only saving grace. Um, well, apparently it's a save, seemingly a saving grace. And with it, yes, without all this reinforcement from you and others. All right, that's it. Thank you. That's very cool because. Usually, obviously, the alcoholic sees it from a subjective view. They're the alcoholic. And mm-hmm. then you go to an Al-Anon meeting, and then you see that as an objective view. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it was a saving grace, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we're attempting in a way to do without having to go to another meeting. <laughs> Just see the, the subject as an object, yeah. And then you realize, wow, yes, yeah. And then then they're not not mine. Cool. Yeah. Why did you come to the meeting? I live with an alcoholic. What's his name? Bruce. What's your name, Bruce? Oh, wow. (laughs) 
pretty cool. <laughs> you may start that's, a trend. That's what it was like, you know. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Actually, it's actually pretty good. But I well, thank, yeah. but thank you. And just, just being able to, to, to share it through this um, venue. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's crazy. Like you said, let it continue. Anyway, yeah. you know, thank you. I was just afraid in a sense, like, you've asked more enough questions to last five years <laughs> <laughs> but they've all been put to good use and that's the point right well another you know that's not me those thoughts and you verified that in the opening of the meeting today yeah oh, great great <laughs> that, yeah. you know to fit that that's what it's about is, is us you know just pouring it all out you know together yes yeah. and then uh you don't even wait around to see how it was used. There's just faith. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing with the thought. This is now, you know, this is this. and but you know, being alone and, and isolated can tend to, you know, that Well now you're thing. not, bro. Now you're not. You're at this meeting, so thank God I can yeah. Well, not that there's without an identity, I also feel without a personal identity, I also feel there's no God, you know, in that sense, personal yeah. sense. Yes. So yeah. that's, you know, that helped put that to, a, you know, bury that <laughs> contradiction. <laughs> this is, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bruce, that's good. Thank you. But without, you, made, you know, go back. Yeah, you made my day. You, you made my day, Bruce. Yes. Thank you. I think I better go to a meeting about Paul Hederman. <laughs> I got to get a new point of view about Paul. Yeah. I could, I would know a lot of people that would love to have a Paul Hederman meeting <laughs> to go over all of Paul's uh, major characteristics. <laughs> Well, I think during the meeting, during the meetings, it, I, I would say you don't have any inclination of Paul being present. Ah, there <laughs> you go. That's no true. memory of no memory of what was going on. There you go. That's right. That's right. Uh, the next thing I'm going to know is granola. <laughs> That's about the only thing I can know right now. <laughs> I got one right here. <laughs> I'm going to meet mine shortly. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Bruce. And thank everybody. Let's, say, uh, let's start with Rich. Thank you, Rich, for doing the job admirably. Very nice reading. There is a solution. Thank you. It's not easy with Rich. Hmm? It's not easy with Rich here with me. It's an absolute nightmare. That's right. We're going to... We're gonna. That's gonna be my new direction. Rich, go to a meeting about Rich. Yeah, let's see what's going on. All right, Rich, take it easy. Samuel, nice to see you again. Mickey, as always. Joseph, our friend in France. Nice to see you, Joseph. Yes, yes. We got uh, Haley. Oh no, Hallie. I gotta remember. It's like Ali. Hallie. Yeah. Hey. Not bad. We've got uh, Annie from the UK. Nice to see you, Annie. Thanks for coming around. Gail, resident of the Pink Cloud. Always nice. Yep. We got Al Vegas. Nice to see you, Al. Roman, I'll be seeing you pretty shortly, I hope. Yes. In, uh, we got Kana. Yeah, Kana, there you go. Connor's taking a nap. Yes, he's realized everything is gotten through by osmosis. Yes. Yeah. You don't even have to be there to get it. <laughs> it's actually better off that you're not. We got Bruce. Nice to see you, Bruce. Thank you for your lovely addition to the meeting. Nina, always. Yes. Chris, nice to see you, my friend. We got Nanette. I always like to see a Nanette. Yeah, she's a, she's a light that doesn't even have to be carried. Yeah, there you go. Michael, Stacy, nice day, nice meeting. Yes, nice to see Michael. 
Deborah, as always, thank you for the uh, shares. Walter chewing some uh, some quinoa. Oh, he's oh he's eating something. What? Hopefully not not Nutella. No, not Nutella. No, that's good. All right, we got Kurt Z. Yeah, nice to see you, Kurt. Kerry, as always. Hi, nice skylight there. Nice little sky roof. Stefan on having never left. Oh, love and tolerance is our code. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcoholics. <laughs> Christ, Christine, upstate Brittany, Annette. Uh, let's see who else is still here. Sena, Sena, we got Jack W. Nice to meet Jack. Jesse from Ireland. I think I'm going to be seeing Jesse soon too. That would be nice. Uh, we're going to see Kerry, everyone. Hey, thanks. I'll see you guys uh, Saturday, hopefully, uh, one o'clock Pacific time, live and in Zoom. And thank you so much. Thanks, Kurt and everyone.